Welcome everyone to episode 25, quarter century bro, 2-5, we've made it, um, of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd, here with my main man, JB. What's good in the hood, bro? Oh man, what a week. It's a long, it's been a longer week because we're, uh, we're as usual, we're behind. Yes, we are behind, but you know, we... Uh, we make it count when we're here. And exactly. to be honest, I mean, we, we don't really have like a schedule, do we? We don't really no, like, I mean, some, should be. no, should you know, be. Run when it, we're on. that's right. We're, you know, and it keeps people in anticipation. Uh, some weeks you get two shows. I mean, to be fair, most weeks you get at least one. Um, we, you might we, have to wait a day here or there. Without diving into our personal lives at all. We work very hard and long hours. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> You we're know, literally like the, like real talk yeah me, me and jordan are absolutely fucked right now we are <laughs> literally yeah. so tired right but we don't care because we have got a show and a half for you today oh, yes. we we really have got a show and a half here so um yeah i mean we always begin at the beginning and uh, we do we, and before we, that, we have news any you know, for any chatter of any news or any shows, let's uh, let's let's make it make it easy for them. Touch the bell. Can you touch my bell? Touch Jordan's as well. Ding ding, ding a linger. Touch his <laughs> bell. Just touch his bell. It's just down there. Hit the bell. <laughs> hit the subscribe button. You know, all the. I don't know what the subscribe the subscribe button would be in podcast land on if following 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 no, that's right get get our RSS feed or whatever and if you're as talking it was. To following you can also follow us on Twitter on Instagram at chat grapple pops you know you can right. find us on Facebook there is a Facebook group you know it's we're everywhere we are everywhere like the coronavirus apparently is everywhere but oh, we're apparently <laughs> we're, not in, we're not in cornwall right <laughs> we're not in cornwall no, that's right fuck that we're not a political podcast but still yeah. um is it's uh what day are we on today what day is it tuesday i believe it's tuesday yeah yeah it's tuesday so i mean usually we try and do it you know weekly but we've been a little bit pushed back this week but um here we are greeting. Um, we we really, really appreciate everybody listening, everybody watching. If you can see our mugs, you are watching us on YouTube, um, uh, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast on YouTube. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us on the one of the many podcast platforms, um, Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the whole fucking shebang. We're on everything. Um, and we are happy to be on everything. And we're happy that you join us. Like I say, we 
we never even realised. We say this every fucking episode, but we never even realised that we would mean anything to anybody. But we are obviously getting our repeat viewers. We've obviously got our fans. We've got people we interact with, and we fucking love each and every one of you. Absolutely. And um, that's it, really. That's how we mean to go on. It's a, it's a thank you at the start, and I'm sure we'll thank you again at the end. 100%. But we will start before we get to our main show. As usual, there is news. There's a lot of news because, we're like I said, we're a bit behind. But uh, I'll start because I've got some good stuff. Um, Wade Keller, everyone's favourite AEW journalist. Second favourite probably behind Dave Meltzer. Um, Wade made a boo-boo. Um, I'll, I'll probably say it's more likely to be poor wording than him being an asshole, but he said that uh, Roman Reigns' leukemia wasn't as bad as other people's or something, and yeah, it didn't go down well. I mean, it, it's not apples and oranges. Leukemia is leukemia, brother. Yeah, I wouldn't like want said, any I'd, strain of it. <laughs> I'd more likely give him the benefit of the doubt because you know no one would mean to say something that stupid and terrible. Yeah, it was I mean stupid thing to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, that was uh, obviously it set the, uh, the the Twitter crowd into uproar. Of course it did. Doesn't take a lot. I'll give you know the IWC its uh, due, I guess. In that case, they can <laughs> they can be offended by a lot very quickly, <laughs> which is likely <laughs> going to be me now because I've said that. We, well, I'm surprised we haven't lost because um, it, it seems like we attack a specific company every single week, but um, I'm surprised we haven't no. lost more followers. I'm not going to attack them this week. I don't think I have one joke about them early on. Um, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, Undertaker's send-off, did you see it? Yeah, saw... Um, yeah. Sorry. It's... It, it was, was no, but do you know what? It's dog shit because there's no people in there, man. Yeah, there's no, it. you know, when you fucking, when, when you're sending off someone like The Undertaker who's been in it for 30 odd years or whatever, you know, you, I swear they were pumping crowd noise in as well, you know, when, you know, Shane O'Mac come down to the ring and they were pumping you know, chants in. It just didn't, it didn't work. No, it's, didn't work. But this, you know, two words, mate, fuck Corona. You know, it is, it's fucking everything up. It's not just fucking <clears throat> people's work life up. It's fucking their home life up. It's fucking um, wrestling up. It's And it's fucked The Undertaker's farewell. Yeah. <clears throat> it's well and truly fucked Mr. Calloway. And I feel bad for him, son. Hopefully he'll get a proper send-off when crowds are back. Um Survivor Series in general, because we, like I said, we're so far back. Um, uh, Drew and Roman, Sasha and Oscar, New Day Street Profits, all brilliant. And on a side note, Montez Ford is a main eventer. Future main eventer, for sure. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Good. Don't say that on it. I have a bone to pick with the marks. Um, Yeah, go on. It's not usually me that does this, but... um, Oh no, I'm, I'm. I've got things to come, so you're fine. Marks, I have a, I have a message for you. Don't make yourselves look stupid online. I know it's very easy, and very, you know, in some cases, I'm sure you've lot find it fun. But in one instance this week or last week, I saw an, a Twitter spat between Chris 
dashing Chris Bay, Chris B, Chris Bay, I think he is, and the New York badass Phil Baroni. For anyone that doesn't know who Phil Baroni is, and there was a lot of them on Twitter, look him up. It takes two seconds to look him up on YouTube and watch him punch Dave Monet's head off in 10 seconds in the UFC. Don't be so stupid as to go, who's Phil Baroni? You only had to look it up and see that the guy back in the day, granted, hit like a fucking hammer. You know, his, his MMA career is irrelevant whether he lost a load or not. CM Punk didn't win a single one in MMA, in MMA but the, the, you know, the marks love him. But do not get yourselves involved in an argument, which, which it was. And it was, just, it was just tragic reading a lot of these messages saying, who the hell is he? Like, if you looked him up, you'd know he can beat the fuck out of people. And I bet these motherfuckers don't know who Tank Abbott is either. <laughs> I bet, do you get what I'm saying? They'd be like, who yeah. the fuck's Tank Abbott? You know, don't don't just, you know, we get it. You're, you're all big wrestling fans, but respect respect what else is going on outside of it. Respect other sports too. You know, there's people that, you know, can't help but take take digs at, you know, Pat McAfee and stuff like that. Like, you know, Gisa was the punter of the decades. You know, he made something of himself in the NFL. Don't, don't be a dick about it. You're telling marks not to be dicks. No, right. I'm, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> really trying. Like, because like I said, it's Phil Baroni. Like I said, he wasn't the best fighter in the world. Yeah. But the guy got in the cage and did stuff and like, just, he literally punched a guy's head off in 10 seconds. It was, yeah, man, no, I, it, what, I might have to put it up just to show them and teach them. You know, it's, um, it, it's just this very narrow field of vision a lot of the time. Very, yeah. And, and it's like, this is what I like. This is what I think is the best thing in the world. I don't want to hear any opinions either side of this. If you do, it's going to upset me. Um, and this, this is it, you know, it, it's a, it's just, yeah, I don't know what kind of mentality it is, but it, it's one of them ones where it, it's just the ignorance and arrogant. It was just something added together. to come across. And I thought, yeah. oh, look, we, you're making yourselves look in really stupid. But that's that's my, well, I guess it's a rant. It wasn't really, but uh, that's my rant. Um, Mike Tyson, noted wrestling fan, and John, and, uh, sorry, not John Jones, Roy Jones Jr. Almost got that completely wrong. Fuck myself. <laughs> <up>. Um <laughs> You know, fought to a draw. I'm almost certain their pay per view numbers will outstrip a wrestling company that I'm sure you're going to bring up any minute now. Dude, <laughs> stop it. Um, yeah, uh, I woke myself up at five in the morning to watch it. So that says a lot about how interested you are in something if you really want to watch it. But you know what? I, I, Mike Tyson, just, noted wrestling fan, you know, been on a, on a lot of shows, so. Yeah, man, I mean, for me, like, I, I've, I've watched a lot of Mike Tyson's interviews post-boxing, and, you know, he, he, he's obviously started a cannabis farm, um, he's got a podcast, Hot Boxing, you know, where he talks about, he, he gets stoned and he talks about a lot of shit, and, and you know, Tyson had a fucking, he, he, he says, you know, he was this kind of mentality of guy where he just wanted to destroy people, you know, and he was the best fighter when he just went out there and just wanted to eat people up, you know what I mean? Um, and for me, like, 
I didn't watch the fight because I kind of knew that it, obviously it's it's a show, a show it's exhibition, yeah, exhibition match, you know, and it's showboating and stuff, you know. But um, I wasn't really as interested as as yourself. Um, but for me, you know, Tyson's a, a, an absolute Donny. You know, he's um, you know, he's a, an, he's a, don. a really interesting story about Mike Tyson. Um, which shows that he's got a real brain for promoting and which is why probably wrestling, you know, and Tyson mixed quite well. So when he was uh, about to do a press conference with Lennox Lewis way back when, um, this was the one where he bit his leg. He bit Lennox Lewis on the leg. They got into a little brawl and uh, his manager at the time said, Mike, what the hell are you doing? Mike just said the fight will be bigger now. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the weirdest way to promote a fight by biting someone's leg, but what the hell, man? Yeah, man, fucking he I knows see, what he's doing. I want to see uh, Kenny Omega Promo. bite Mox's leg next week. Let's see if we get the Bruv, promotion. <laughs> I, I just, it, this whole discussion, let, and let's move on to AEW very have quickly. It, have at it, man. Because people are acting like like these feuds that are going on in AEW are something so magical and so great. Um, It was you that pointed out to me someone comparing... Moxley and Omega's feud to Stone Cold The Rock, and I was just like, right. I mean, you, they, I, not even as a joke can you even say that. I mean, you know, it's fucking. They haven't really had a feud. They haven't had a feud. They haven't. There's been no real build up to it. And the fact is, everybody knows that Omega's injured and that Moxley's going to be having a baby at some point soon. So they're all like making up these fucking, all oh, right, this is going to happen because of this and this. And you know, it's like, fuck off. Like, I don't want to hear it no more. Like the, the wrestling observer marks are just, and I got into all types of bother in, in an AEW group the other day, because I was talking about, you know, they, they, they said, oh, what, what's the biggest booking mistake that they did? And I said, um, letting Moxley beat MJF. I still think that was their biggest booking mistake ever. Um, and, you know, another thing where they were, where they were talking about the, um, the young fucks um, match and, um, you know, how the booking was terrible and how there's just too many, like, you know, it's, and it's crazy. And right. Did you, have you seen any of it uh, this week? Um, no, I remember, I remember reading something online where you were called a virgin I was I was called a fucking W. It, someone was like, "Oh, classic WWE, Mark, you're a virgin. Go back to bed. It's past your bedtime or something." And I was just like, "Oh, fuck off, you fucking loser! You're the one sitting there wanking in in your mum's fucking basement, not me." Like, um, you know. So <clears throat> there there was something that happened. There was there was a couple of examples that happened this week, like. The Young Bucks, the booking of their match. Like, the, I still say there's still a problem with AEW where they they came out initially and they said, oh, we're going to blur the lines. There are no heels and there are no faces, yeah? And it's like you can't have wrestling without that dynamic, else no one gives a fuck and no one knows what's going on. People want to say it's old school carny wrestling, Jim Cornette, blah, 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 blah. But the fact is, wrestling, you've got, you've got to have a good guy and a bad guy. People have got to yeah. root for, you know, they're trying to fucking, and Moxley's pissing me off, right? Omega got um, DDT'd, okay? 
in the middle of the ring and was lying there flat out for ages and ages while Moxley stands over him and cuts a promo. And it's like, what is the point? Like, he's a pussy then. He's taken one DDT and he's, he's lied down while Moxley might as well just piss all over him because well, he's just killing the character. Like, it, there's no heat. There's, I, will, there's I, will say, I will give Chris Jericho a bit of credit this week. He did come out on Conan's podcast. Uh, Conan's podcast, Keeping It 100, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he said there are there are problems with the booking. It's not always perfect. It's not always good. Um, because one week in particular, they had the town hall meeting where discussing whether MJF was going to join the inner circle. And then in the, in the next segment, it was like, is Taz, you know, is Hobbs going to join Taz's team? Like, it's the same thing. Why would you have yeah. the, two same, two, the same thing in two segments? Like, But they, they do the same played out angles as well, where you've got people getting attacked backstage all the time. Like, it's happened like three, three or four times in the last month or whatever with different people. And it's like, you know, it's bullshit. But, um, you know, that that's my main issue with AEW. The fucking booking is all over the shop. No one gives a shit and what's going on because no one knows who's who. No one knows what's what. Um, you know, everyone's trying to be a healy face or a facey heel, you know, and it's all, it's fucking, it don't make sense, mate. Have a good guy and a bad guy and let's tell some fucking stories, man. Um, but... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but on, on that note, okay, before the I've been I've been called fucking all sorts on these AEW groups, yeah. And and the fact is I do a care virgin. about uh yeah, a virgin. I've got a fucking ten year old son, but I'm a virgin. <laughs> but um it's uh it, it's one of them things that really annoys me because you know, they're like, Oh, you why why anyone that anyone that criticizes any aspect of AEW is called straight away a WWE mark. And I said, bruv, the last thing I watched of WWE pretty much live was probably fucking WrestleMania 30. I'm pretty sure I went round to my mate Shane's and watched it. You know what I mean? It's like, how many years ago was that? You know, and we actually welcome you to our review of WWF Capital Carnage. Yeah, you know, but but still, I I pay for the network. Don't get it twisted. I pay obviously. I pay for the network. you know, and I support, I, I support, I don't um, bootleg pay-per-views or anything like that. If I want to watch it, I watch on the network. You know, I watch this, that and the other. And also, I support AEW. Uh, as you can see, my beautifully brand new figure here, people that are watching this on YouTube can see, is me and little Maxwell. Maxwell. Little Maxwell. So I've got, this is my pride and joy at the moment, my um, MJF um figure uh which is great and it does have a a, a bit of a jacks feel to it no title belt um, around his waist so it's a there should be a fucking belt around his waist the moxley figure shouldn't have the fucking belt mjf should have the belt i don't give a shit they really dropped the ball on that one think about this right during this time i mean obviously they weren't to know that everything was going to go into lockdown or whatever yeah but um you know the fact is having a heel champion at this time, like Moxley's been stale this whole time. It's just bullshit. But having MJF just, you know, taking the belt to Vegas or whatever, like, you know, what they, they, they could have done so much with him and the belt, you know, 
it, 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 oh, it just, honestly, it gets on my nerves. But yeah, people that say that maybe we dig out AEW every week and, you know, Chris is always bitching about the booking and this, this and this. You know, we fucking support AEW. This figure right here is my pride and joy at the moment. It's my MJF figure, AEW. Shout out to my missus for uh, surprising me. When I was flicking through Smith's toys in the UK, I was just flicking on the internet and I was like, oh, fucking hell, I really want that figure. She's like, oh, what figure's that? I was like, oh, MJF, the one wearing the little scarf. And she fucking bought it for me, man. 1999, 20 quid well spent, makes Chris a happy boy. So um, She's good people. We spoke about this already. She's good people, man. She puts yeah. up with enough shit, man. We're sorting out a little gaming room downstairs in our dining room at the minute. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be moving a load of wrestling shit down there. I had to fucking, I had to own up to her yesterday as well. Bought a couple of wrestling figures yesterday and I had to, uh, I had to own up to it. So I was like, uh, yeah, I kind of bought a WWF Heat, uh, Chris Jericho and, um, the WrestleMania 20, uh, Triple H fully loaded figure. Oh, as well nice. yeah Very dude cool. they were fairly cheap as well to be honest i mean they didn't cost a fortune but it's just you know times are tough at the minute and the last thing i should be doing really is buying yeah. figures but shout out, to, right. shout out to my missus <laughs> um she knows she knows i love her so um but yeah we are talking about wrestlemania we're talking about wwf figures and we are where are we going jordan where are, have we, we got any more news? We are, we are not traveling far. We I mean, ain't going we are, that far. We are getting in the time machine. We are getting in the DeLorean for this, but it's 1998. It's December 6th. We are a hop, skip, and a train ride over to London. That's right, baby. It's the London Arena. It's 10,441 in attendance. I couldn't find a pay per view number. It's a UK only pay per view. Sky, Sky you, box office. shit on, yeah, there on handing out their numbers. Uh, it is a Skybox office exclusive. It's capital carnage. Dude, I, I'm old enough to remember when the London Arena was called the London Docklands Arena as well. Oh, wow. That's how we're going back. But it was demolished in around 2005, 2006, so it's not actually there anymore. No. Um, a lot of the time now they do them in Wembley Arena or they, I mean, the TNA shows, they did a lot yeah, of them in, in the Wembley yeah, Arena. Yeah, Wembley seems to be the place now. I saw TNA three, three or so times in the um, Wembley Arena. Were you paid to go or did, like... Fuck you, dude. Yes, I did pay to go. <laughs> shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to my, um, my pal Lee, who went with me pretty much every single time. Um, yeah, man, but it was good. But we we love a UK event. Like you've got to love a UK event, and we will say straight away, dude, this crowd is off the fucking rowdy. chain. All that it's it's rowdy, dude. It's it. Jr. explains the crowd and and calls it raucous, and that's yeah. exactly what these these the, fuckers the building here shakes are. once or it twice. does. It shakes the camera quite a lot. It's amazing. Um. It is Jerry Lawler and JR calling this. Um, this would be JR's last show until WrestleMania. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show is based around Stone Cold Steve Austin having a bullseye on his chest. And before we even get to that, we get one quick line from Jerry, Uncle Jerry, of course. Sable is one sexy bird. One sexy bird. I've got a lot to say about Sable uh, in this in this event oh, because. Yeah. 
this was a very pivotal time and a very interesting time in uh, the life of the WWF, Sable, and the backstage goings-on, basically. There was a lot of shit happening at this time. A, like, a hell of a lot of shit. I, I hate to be this guy, but I have a little bit of a defence of Sable later on. That's cool. I mean, you know, and uh, here is the VHS right in front of you. WWF, Capital Carnage from the UK. Beautiful little video that is, VHS. And, we are and straight uh, into, we're straight into match number one. Chris's favourite wrestler in the world. Yeah, Gangrel. dude. Gangrel. Against still uh, still the best gimmick ever, man. Don't give a shit. He does what he's a great entrance. Um, yeah. Up against Chris's second favourite wrestler in the world, Al fucking <laughs> Snow. <laughs> he's not my second favourite wrestler. Um, it is, um, I, I don't mind Al Snow. I, I like this iteration of Al Snow better. The, um, the hardcore... Huh? It's the only gimmick that worked, him walking around with a mannequin head. Yeah, but it was good, man. That's fine. He found his niche. It's fine. He could, it he was the only one Leaf that Cassidy. worked. Leaf Cassidy, yeah, you know, fucking Enigma. What was it? <laughs> uh, he was Avatar, when he? Uh... Avatar, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I said Enigma. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Both guys are, you know, in with any UK crowd, most guys are over, like, big time. There's no... It's because a lot of the time, UK crowds are starved of, you know, the WWF or WWE coming over back then, especially. So when they did come oh, over did. once or twice a year, you'd get the craziest crowd. Everybody's over. And the matches aren't very long. No, I mean, it, it, everyone is over. And, and, and Jordan has hit the nail exactly on the head there. We, at this time, it's 1998, you know, we very rarely, I mean, we, we rarely had shows over here, let alone specific UK-only exclusive pay-per-views. Well, they did one night only in 97, didn't they? That's right. One night only. First and one. then Yeah. And then this, the Capital Carnage, I mean, I think they made a fair bit of money off the, off the um, like, of tickets and all that. But, it's been about um, in under an hour. That's right. That's Sold out in under. Crazy. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, wouldn't you have just loved to have been there? It would have been, yeah. you know, and you get an eyeful quite soon as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of mistimed moves. I'm blaming Al. It's not even me being funny. It looks like they're both sort of Al's mistakes. Um, right. The fans want head. Whatever they do. Yep. We want head. We want head. The the chance, okay, as we get further into this, like we said last week, the UK crowd, us Brits, yeah, we are from that mentality. We are like football fans. And whenever there's an event and there's a crowd together, you're going to get horns. You're going to get that me, 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 You're going to get, you know, and, and as it goes on, you get the football chance that you're only going to hear a British crowd. And it is fucking beautiful. Yeah. It just is absolutely beautiful. And I'm just watching it. And it's like, I think over the course of a couple of days, I ended up watching this event twice because obviously when we're watching it, we're watching it and we're making notes and stuff like that, you know. But then when I was working, I had it on again in the background and I was watching other bits and bobs to it because, you know, it's it's... Fucking, re I really enjoyed this show. I don't know if you can tell. I'm quite excited about this one. Really, really enjoyed it. 
like I said, this this match is really short. Uh, the rest of the brood, Edge and Christian arrive at ringside. Al uses head. Al, Al gives Gangrel head. Um, yep. But Edge hits him with a missile drop kick, and uh, Gangrel gets three count. Done. Yeah, it wasn't a very uh, wasn't a very long match. It was an all right opener, but I can see why they had it as the opener because. You've got Gangrel, who his entrance was just epic. And then you've got Al Snow. Do you see how many heads were in the crowd? How many styrofoam heads, you know, with, with help me written on them? You know, it was, they were over. Both of them were just fucking over as hell. It was, it was great. It was lovely to see. And I, I know how much you enjoyed this because uh, you mentioned it. Mankind in the boiler room at the London. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's the coldest boiler room he's ever been in. Yep. And he wants to um, smash his frostbitten feet through somebody's front teeth. Yeah. It was fucking beautiful promo. Loved every minute of it. It's uh, Yeah, he, uh, he does mention London a couple of times as well because Mick, being Mick, gets a couple of cheap pops in there, which is what we love. Hence the name of the podcast, baby. Right. And o- over your shoulder there, you've got Mr. Mr. Foley just to the left of you. <laughs> um, it is, it's beautiful. That's, you know, we love a cheap pop on this podcast. And he is. gets a couple of good ones in talking about, um, you know, London and, and London. I think there's a, there's a few cheap pops in this. There's quite a there's few. one or two, show. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, next, next up, man. What this... LOD 2000 draws an animal taking on the headbangers. And um, I mean, do you want to do your our beyond the mat reference about draws already? Of course. I've already, I've already got it written in my notes. He's got a puke. He's got a you want, you want some <laughs> coffee. You get, you get, you're going to, you're going to get sick. Um, it, it's funny, right? T- today when I was working, right, it was very quiet this afternoon. So, I've got a computer there and I had my phone. So on one of them, I had Beyond the Map playing. And on the other one, I had the watch along of um, Bruce Pritchard talking. They were watching uh, Beyond the Map and just talking through it oh, and explaining. Nice. And it was fucking great. And um, Bruce Pritchard done his impression of Vince uh, doing the, he's gonna puke. And it was just, I just love it. It's just great. But um, yeah, obviously he never made it as puke. And it was Darren Drosnov. But it always makes me very sad when I see Dros, though, you know? It's always... Yeah, he's... Yeah, I mean, you know? Yeah, the injury that put him out of, you know, action completely in a match yeah. with D-Lo is, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a great one. But, I mean, he's not over with this UK crowd at all, Dros. But the thing is, of, though... We want Hawk chants. But but that means I but to be honest I think that means he is over because he he's he's the heel part of of that pairing you know what I mean because it, they show this little video package and there was uh they they talk about like Hawk attempting suicide yeah I before it was like he's on the top of the fucking on on top of the screen yeah and and Droz clearly pushes him off. Like you can oh, see, it's, it's hokey, man. <laughs> it's hokey, man. They're like, oh, he's trying to help him down. He's trying to talk him down. It's like, well, no, like you can see him pushing. Like it's like clearly, um, you know. And they've uh, 
also there's um animal is a possible ico pro winner this week i don't know i have i have a you, like I'm, i remember you messaged me saying you have a surprise winner yeah and i think we might have the same surprise winner okay well we haven't spoke about this either no. we've just i literally just messaged you and said i've got a surprise winner um but yeah, I mean, Hawk was was pumped at this time. Um, the headbangers, so you've got, yeah, LOD 2000, which is Animal and Draws versus the headbangers. Got all the pre-story about, you know, Hawk is not in a good way and stuff, and he attempted suicide and really Draws pushed him off. And you've got the the We Want Hawk chants. Um, I mean, this, this, I mean, Draws is all right, um, but this match was just a bit, Again, so short, it's, you know, you lose a lot. You, know, you lose anything from it, really. Um, inexplicably, Droz rolled Animal out of the ring and he got rolled up by one of the bangers for a three count. It's crazy the amount of roll-up finishes there are on this pay-per-view as well. Uh, yeah. There's crazy. In the next one. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like they fucking just said, no, roll up, roll up, roll up. It was like, <laughs> it's at the finishes. Pat Patterson had a night off. Ah, oh, fuck it, roll up. Fuck it, roll up. There is a, there is a nice pop for the bangers, uh, headbangers winning, but the place goes nuts when Animal starts putting the boots to draws. Fucking luck. The place does explode, man. Um, he keeps, he, he's, they're going at it. Um, Animal's putting the boots in and then I think the referees come down, didn't they? Trying to split it up. Yeah. Uh, we get a recap from Raw where Austin... Lays out the Undertaker with a shovel, and then yeah. him and Austin and Kane. I forgot about this really quick alliance. Yeah, um, Austin and Kane put Paul Bearer in the uh, in the sewer. It was great as well. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole catches up with the Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Uh, yeah. Taker says, "You know, you got to pray for Austin. You know, he's going to pay for his sins." This is the Undertaker getting very, very dark, and then. I couldn't help myself at laugh, but Paul Bear at the end of it because he makes this, you know, he says, You're happy now? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah I hope you're happy with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, walks off. Like, and I just couldn't help but laugh. Like, it was. It was Taker did all the talking in that promo. He did every, every single bit. Of, because this is the time when it was the transition, weren't it? Yeah. From The Undertaker not really saying much, you know, to kind of slowly building it up. They'd already had the cane thing happen, and then Bearer, you know, it, it was. Could um, cut a promo. Yeah, I mean, take again. One well, is it, we've had this conversation before. Was the Undertaker the best gimmick ever? Possibly, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was better than Al Snow. So he's had a few, not as many as Ed Leslie. Yeah. But, um, I see you having a little bit of a spat with someone talking about that as well, comparing. Uh, uh... The guy tried to tell me that Al Snow was, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, he's a better worker than Ed Leslie, but was he more over than Ed? Hell no. No, not as Brute Eye. Exactly. Uh, you know, Brute Eye sold, like, sold out shows. He, you know, worked main events of pay per views. Like before, there was 12 pay per views a year, there was only four. He had the fucking barbershop. Yeah. He uh, he he had the barbershop where, you know, we had the one of the greatest heel turns of all time. You know, don't don't tell me Al was more over than 
You know, he, he tried to say he was over in ECW, like in front yeah. of 3,000 people in the bingo hall. Come I know, on. I saw that. I couldn't help but have a little chuckle. Yeah. Why must we do this to ourselves and get into these little spates with people? Oh, it's I'm, crazy, but it's fun. It, it's so funny, yeah. It's, but that's wrestling, man. Like, there's a lot of people I'm, I'm with a lot of... I'm all for a good, well-thought-out conversation with wrestling fans. I don't 100%. have a slightest. But when, you know, you're telling me that Al Snow's more over than Brutus the Barber... Who, you know, granted, is Ed Leslie, he had a billion gimmicks, but as Brutus the Barber, he was at his height, he was at his, you know, most famous. And yeah, he worked a main event of SummerSlam. So, yes. you know, if Al was so over there, they'd at least put him in a main event of Survivor Series. Or, or at least like give him the booty, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on because Val Venus and Goldust are up next. Uh, the King's uh, English references are getting funnier as they come along. He, uh, yeah. He, uh, he mentioned that Val had been recently aligned with Godfather and said, so yeah, something to do with the slappers. Which... Yeah, he, he's, he's talking about, because they had uh, Terry Runnels, the whole story, because she's not Marlena anymore in this. She's Terry Runnels. Terry. So she's obviously with Goldust or was with Goldust. She's had this little affair with Val Venus and uh, she said she was pregnant. And then Val said, no, 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 we're not pregnant. You're pregnant. I've had a vasectomy. Like. He had the snip. He had the snip, mate. He's fucking firing blanks. Um, and then, yeah, they're talking about, oh, she's a Jezebel. Do you think people in England know what a Jezebel is? Uh, she's a slapper. She's a slapper. And it's like, it, it, I, you can't help but smile, can you, when you hear someone talking American saying someone's a slapper? It's yeah. like, yeah, that's great, mate. I fucking love all that. Um, uh, Goldust at the bell. Uh, now, Goldust here. Now, this is a good one. Uh, he was showing shades of this blue chip prospect, right, that we used to watch in WCW in the early 90s. Like, I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. He reminded me of someone. You, you think something we can figure out what gold dust yeah really yeah he, he's got he had a certain yeah certain look about him one dude yeah he yeah. reminds me of someone we'll have to, we'll have the to TV that champion yeah um they do the they do the spot where you know someone gets dizzy falls down and headbutts vowing the jewels um Again, these matches are, are just really quick. It's not that we're skipping anything. Um, yeah, they're extremely oh. quick. Gold Dust sets up Val for Shattered Dreams. Um, our stupid ref of the evening, Mr. L. Hebner, uh, gets in the way. <laughs> and a quick roller. It's funny because it's a, it's a kick to the kick to the nuts and a roll up, and uh, yep. yeah, that's two roll ups in two matches. Val wins. But, um, yeah, I mean Val wins it, but then Gold Dust to the crowd's delight. Oh yeah, massive like massive pop. They fucking loved it. Dreams, yeah, uh, Val does get eventually kicked in the balls. I mean, it's, it's a match about getting hit in the bollocks, man. Like, yeah, because obviously you got the big Val Valboski. Um, you got the big Valboski, but and Val Venus as well was one of my favourite wrestlers. I think it was a fucking fantastic gimmick. Um, okay. You know, the whole storyline with um, 
Ryan Shamrock was great. The amount of heat he could get was just fantastic. He was the the attitude era Rick Rude. He he was. Yeah. He, yeah, he was, you know, so he, in, he, in he the way that they pretty much personification of the attitude era. He was, you know, his gimmick was that he was in porn. So it, and it literally they say on this show that he was he was a former uh, adult film actor, you know, and then he gets kicked in the balls and King goes, oh, there goes his next role. Was that yeah. like that? It was fucking great, man. Like, like you said, King was on form tonight. He was. This, this was, this wasn't so much Uncle Jerry's. It was like Jerry still technically being a bit of a heel. Like he's very pro corporation, which is you know hilarious. Oh, the, there's a bit in the last match which is fucking fantastic yeah. when Miss. Ah, oh, so good, so so good. But then that's also Jr. as well. They, yeah. they they're a good team. Uh, Vince is uh, speaking at Oxford Uni at the Oxford University next. Um, <laughs> very so very good, good video package, but it's it's Vince speaking at Oxford. But he he gets a little clap and then he goes, yeah. You would expect that um that reception for maybe a prime minister or something like that. He said, but not for Vincent McMahon from it's the Vince WWF. Showman, yeah. Yeah, you got to do better than that, Vince, and then everyone's like, Ooh, like start, yeah, man, start whooping and hollering, and that's fucking good stuff. Uh, after this, Vince, Shane, and the uh, the Stooges themselves, Pat Patterson, and Joe Briscoe, come out. Pat tells us there's been a change, you know, card subject to change and all that. Um, the Rock will no longer be facing Triple H. He'll be facing one of his toughest competitors to date, someone who almost beat him for the WWF title a couple of weeks ago, X-Puck. The fans cheer for it, so it's not really that bad of a change. Do, um, do you know what I was popping for, bro? When Pat Patterson is calling Helmsley Hemsley, Hemsley. he keeps saying, <laughs> he keeps going, Hunter Hurst Hemsley. He goes, Hemsley. It is just, I was JR absolutely remind us that it was a Triple H for anyone not paying attention. It was so funny, man. I was, I was um, popping for that. They start talking about Vinnie Jones. And um, oh. <laughs> Shane just... suggests that Vinnie Jones might be George Michael's boyfriend. Because <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, because he, he, obviously Vinnie Jones, for anyone who doesn't know, and they only know him from the movies or whatever, any of our American listeners or whatever, Vinnie Jones he played a... football, uh, not soccer, he played football. Um, for a team called Wimbledon and he played for Sheffield United and he's he played for he, Leeds you know, as well, yeah. He played for Leeds, yeah. So it but he was what it was called soccer's hard man. And you know what I should have done? I fucked up here because I've got a bit of Vinnie Jones memorabilia. You ain't got that picture of him grabbing Gaza's balls, have you? No, I I haven't, but I've got I've got something even better than that. Um I his mum, um actually used to run a kennels okay um in a place down the road in hertfordshire and she used to look after our dogs when we went on holiday so i bought or i got given as a gift one christmas um a vhs which vinnie jones got fined for making and it was called soccer's hard men 
and it was um and it was basically Vinnie Jones talking about all these crazy things that had happened in football, like all these crazy tackles and mad shit that had gone on. And he was giving tips about basically how to fuck people over when you're playing football. So you give them a dirty tackle and then when you're helping them up, you put your foot on their foot and as you're yeah. pulling them up, you stamp on their foot and like when you like grab their armpit hair or whatever when you're helping them up and all this and kind of shit. Old school yeah, you know, but old school tactics, and um, he got he got fined something like fifteen grand by the FA for making this video oh, of bringing the game. Yeah, pocket has a chump change, but for um, bringing the game into disrepute or whatever. So I took this video before we went on holiday to his mum and said, "Look, would you mind if Vinny comes round? Could you get him to sign this for me, please?" So she said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." And this is when he was still playing football. I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 40. So, do you know what I mean? That's how many years ago it was. So, we, we come back from holiday and she fucking gives me this VHS. And it's got uh, on the actual video, on the, on the sticker of the video, it says, uh, to grip, to Chris, be good, Vinnie Jones. And then on the inside cover, he's signed it. And then on a separate bit of paper, he signed the same thing. He signed it three times, this video for me. And it's like... Mm. It's one of my like prized possessions, and it's actually with my wrestling videos um, next door. So I should have really brought that out because I, I, I like Vinnie Jones, but people don't know he actually was a football player. But what he said was as well, his mum gave him the video and he said, oh, fucking hell, not this. She goes, what do you mean? He goes, oh, this is the video I got fined for. <laughs> so I'm giving him. I've given him the video that cost him like 15 grand or whatever. And back then it was probably quite a lot of money, uh, 15 grand. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he signed that video for me. So I've not only got wrestling memorabilia and signatures, I've actually got a signed Vinnie Jones video. Um, and, yeah, Vinnie comes out. At this time, he'd done Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, and they're calling, they're like, yeah, we don't know what a hard man is. But all I can think of is, you know, he might be George Michael's boyfriend. And it's like, there's so many, this little segment here, bro. Oh, it's horrid, isn't it? It's horrible, man. There's like gay innuendos. There's like homophobia. There's racism. Yeah. There's fucking xenophobia. It is just your, your who's who and your what's what's of what not to do nowadays but yeah, Vince, Vince would go and say the Brits are barbaric America is better all that stuff and that yeah he, he drops in a little bit of you know a little bit of racial you know the old xenophobia like it's like Jesus Christ man yeah he talks about the British Empire being done and he talks about the Falklands he talks about the French and the Germans yeah. so much cheap heat this is just like oh it's the cheapest of heat it's, it is the cheapest of heat segment, but there's a lot of arsehole chants as well. Yes. And you notice there's the you fat bastard, you fat bastard chants yeah. as well. That comes out, yeah, as well for uh, Bossman later on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fucking, is your classic football chants. But he talks about, they talk about like, I don't know who's told Vince this, that apparently everyone in the UK must not like Pakistani people. Oh, what a terrible line. <laughs> Bro, he's like, yeah, yeah. and you know oh. what's going to happen? He said, you're going to end up with a prime minister of Pakistani extraction. And he's like, I was like, fucking hell, bro. Just, yeah, at this point, I'm like this. I'm like, oh, shit. It is proper, like, hands over the face. It's like, who are you taking your 
Like he's like he's gone to someone English and said, right. Around Farage's house. Yeah, he has. He's gone round. He has. He's gone round Farage's house. He's gone to Nigel Farage and he's gone. What don't they like in England? He's like, right. Don't like gays. Don't like the Germans, the French, and don't like Pakistanis. Uh, and wish we won the Falklands. So it's like, oh man, it is fucking. It was the UKIP speech. That he's just done. done it, it was it was fucking crazy. Um, that shit would not fly now. Um, it was. I mean, it, it shouldn't have really flown then. But no, it, was, it shouldn't. It was. But he fucking, went for it, and he, he went. Uh, we're live, pal. Full on. It was. It was crazy, dude. It, I mean, fuck, man. I, I was watching it in disbelief because I don't remember it being that crazy oh, but this yeah, is so. fucking 22 years ago you know absolutely and vicious promo it's fucking crazy dude um nuts next up it's tiger ali singh against edge um quick <laughs> note on tiger ali singh um vincent bruce and such were convinced by tiger jeet singh that tiger ali was this big star in india and you know we make the company untold millions uh, this is something that uh, would be explained on something to wrestle with Bruce Richard and Conrad. You know, always a shout out to them because they've got great podcast. Let's be honest, probably number one out there, right? It's pretty good, man. Yeah, um, Bruce would explain that they saw through it and they regret like having this match take place and how it went went down. Um, because let's be honest, it's a it's a piece of shit. Oh, it's, I, as as uh, Pritchard would say, it's the dribbling shits. That's right. Um, um, it, it's, yeah. But it's funny, bro. Like, Tiger Jeet Singh, back in the day, had some crazy gimmick. You know, he used to chase people around. He had some a load of heat, man. And he was, you know, for, for what he did, he was, he was huge. But uh, Tiger Ali Singh never really... Never really did anything, bro. Like, do you... Um, do you actually remember? I mean, like they they've done a WWF have done quite a few Indian shows, didn't they? They've done tours and that of India and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do do you remember? I don't know because you weren't a, a huge fan of TNA, but do you remember when TNA started a promotion in India and it was called Ring Car King? Do you remember that? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's something I heard like um. You know, when you're reading the, you know, this was probably when I was reading Power Slam back in the day, man. Like Power yeah. Slam. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Rinka so... King was fucking crazy, man. It was like, because India's got a population of fucking like billions of people or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the amount of money they could make with an Indian show. But on the one of the Rinka Kings, so you've got um, Scott Steiner just fucking loses the plot. He absolutely starts like grabbing fans, fucking choking them. Go, but it's not a work, bro. They're not plants. Oh, like no. these are genuine fans. And like Scott Steiner's just, he goes on a fucking rampage. And you've got um, Magnus, um, Nick Aldis, with him. And uh, he's he's literally like, dude, you should watch it, man. It's fucking crazy. You've got like Nick Aldis literally like grabbing grabbing Scott Scott Steiner and stopping him from grabbing the throats of people in the crowd and that is fucking insane, bro. But um. That just when I think of Indian wrestling, I always think of this Ring Car King and like how crazy it was, man. We we should probably do a few of them because it's really funny, man. You got like all sorts of people on there. You got um 
I was watching it the other day. I was watching a bit. It's, it's really weird that we're doing this now. And I was watching one the other day. Do you remember a guy called Jimmy Rave? Yeah, Jimmy Rave, yeah. It, uh, apparently, I read on the news only yesterday. Yeah, there's a, there's a story about Jimmy, yeah, that he's uh, had to have part of his arm and amputated. Yeah. Know, wrestling, yeah. It's, it's a real That's crazy. Yeah, because Jimmy Rave was in TNA at the time. So this Ring Car King had a load of TNA stars and it had a load of Indian stars and it had like um, Davari and that, you know, Sheikh Abdul Bashir and all that. Like it was, it was fucking crazy, man. They'll see what they were trying to do. And it was, it was actually all right. But yeah, when I think of Indian wrestling, I just think of Ring Car King and um, Scott Steiner absolutely losing the fucking plot. So. <laughs> Sorry, man. This, I mean, this match is 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 the shit. Um, I, I'm sorry, there's just no way other way to put it. Uh, Tiger Racing wins with his feet on ropes. I'm done. Like I, I've got nothing to say, bro. And it was such a poor pin as well. It was like, yeah. I mean, but they were trying to, they were trying to get Edge over at this time as well. Like I don't know this why. Isn't the way to do it. No, I I don't understand because. You know, it, it was just weird. You know, Tiger Ali Singh comes out and he dedicates all the, this match to all the Indians that suffered under the British Empire. You know, so he's going for the heel heat straight away. Um, you know, and Edge, they were trying to get him over. They had him with the brood, you know, and Gangrel's always said that the brood was like a mechanism to get Edge over pretty much. Like it was, yeah. you know, they said Edge was going to be the next huge star and all this, you know, and it was... Um, it was such a weird match. It was just, it was fucking crazy, dude. It was. Um, Michael Cole brings out Vinnie Jones into the ring. Uh, gets a nice pop. Uh, Vinnie is, you know, he says he's going to knock Vince out. You know, it's going to be emotional. All of that, you know, the yeah. lock, stock, shtick. That's right. We have it. We have, we have it with anyone. Like yeah, we're British. Either. He's trying, like, and that's all you can ask. He's trying. It's good, man. He he, he was doing good, man. Shout out to Vinny. for the live crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, it's Mark Merrow and Jacqueline against Kristen <laughs> Stable. And before we crack on with this, I would like to give a quick disclaimer here. Uh, this goes out to Brock Lesnar. Um, his name is Chris Brock. Uh, I in no way have anything to do with what Chris is about to say about your wife um, and her wrestling ability back in 1998. Uh, what wrestling ability? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> his name is Chris. He's already said that he's in, in and around Hertfordshire, Brock. <laughs> I knew I, I, you have to get your disclaimer in this week because I'm going in. Right. Um, yeah, let's let's get to it. Uh, Christian pants Mark Merrow pretty quickly uh, because Merrow pulls his trunks up and says he can't hit blow the belt and pulls him up to his chest, which is quite funny. Uh, it's a bit slapstick as well at times. I, I enjoyed that aspect, but for me, I'm just thinking, what was the point of this match? It was just... Well, the... there's, two, there's two reasons in particular. Yeah. <laughs> That's why this match went on, and one of us is going to have to do that impression in a minute. But oh shit, son! <laughs> Don't make me do it because I'll do it. 
it's like I said, it's not um, it's not okay, it's another quick match. It's a big pop though for the sable bomb, which she does to Mark Mero. It's it's a power bomb, that's it. And Mero does all of the work. Let's let's be honest, let's be cool. I on just, that. I can't. Um, Mero and Christian fight towards the back. Um Sable hits a TKO on Jacqueline and wins the match. Jacqueline attacks Tim White. For some reason, she ends up on his shoulders. Sable rips off her top, and we have got bare titties. We ain't just got bare titties. No, we we've haven't. got we've got chocolate titties. <laughs> Someone, yes, this is something that Bruce Pritchard explained on his podcast that just what Vince wanted. People love chocolate and people love titties. Apparently, um, that's correct. He's not far wrong. He's not far wrong. And, and with, uh, yeah. with Jacqueline, you get chocolate titties. Um, so go ahead, Chris. Say what you've got to say. Bro, there's just so much. Like what I was saying, like at this time in WWF, okay, I don't think Sable was even under contract at this time, or she was, but there was basically issues where she didn't want to give up the title. She didn't want to lose. She kept refusing to give up the belt. Um, though I think she might have been out of contract, but they were trying to get her on another contract and she weren't signing. There's a whole bit on JR, grilling with JR, uh, where they talk about this whole thing. Um, but you'll have to get through the gazillion fucking adverts first. Yeah. But um, it's a really weird time because Mark Miro at this time, has just been buried to fuck. He'd been absolutely buried. Um, You know, the week before this, um, Mark Mero got beaten by Gilberg. Uh, Yeah, he lost to Dwayne Gill, part of the job squad. That's right. And Dwayne Gill, um, hope you're feeling better. He recently had a heart attack. I think he was in hospital. Uh, This was this week as well. So shout out to Gilberg. yeah, the Blue Meanie uh, got involved and Mero lost. And at this yeah, tell time... Us well, huh? Tell us about Sable. Tell us about Sable. Right. So basically, Sable powerbombing Mark Mero has killed Mark Mero off to the point where Steve Austin didn't want to work with him and said, look, I'm not going to wrestle Mark Mero because you've just let his, his missus fucking powerbomb him in the ring. So that's off. Um, but Sable at this time, she'd, be, she'd been doing the Playboy thing. She was trying to then do another Playboy thing under her actual name. Um, what was her name? Lena Mero? Rena, yeah. Rena, that's it. Rena Mero. So she was trying to do the whole thing. But she was basically an asshole at this time. She didn't want to lose the belt. She was trying to just take do stuff on her own and try and make money and try and get famous, get herself over. Um, you know, she, there, there's a, a lot going on with her contract at this time. And JR talks about how she wanted stone cold money. Um, and obviously said, look, you're not going to get stone cold money. Um, you know, there was a survivor series that, uh, where she stripped off. Do you remember there was an event where she stripped off? She done and she had the hand prints on instead. Oh of, yeah, that was before then. Yeah, I think. Sort of like, yeah, this was before. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that what, but what she was saying was like the buy rate of that was better than the one when she didn't do it. So therefore, she's like 
the draw and basically she was arguing the toss about all this stuff about she's the draw and but you know they're even saying like in this in the year she probably made over a million bucks um but she was never happy with anything she didn't want to lose the belt and i still feel bitter because of what she done to to um uh luna you know i still feel like every time i watch that strap match you know it just epitomizes Oh, she didn't get hit, did she? No, she wouldn't get hit, and she no. was always moaning about, oh, you know, fucking, she didn't give a shit about wrestling. She never did. She didn't want to learn wrestling. Right. She didn't want to. This is this do is anything. where I have a small defence of Sable, okay. uh, and you know what was what was thrust upon her, and I don't mean that in any sort of weird way. No, and, and and to a point, I'm probably going to agree with parts of what you're going to say here as well, because I was going to add to it. She wasn't so. a wrestler. She was nowhere no. near a wrestler. But because of her look, she was put into this role. She was given this, you know, this championship, which meant nothing. In 1998, it meant nothing. It had been set back so far by people like Moolah, who we've got our own stories to tell on that woman. Yeah. You know, women's wrestling was, in the US anyway, you know, Japan, it was thriving. In the US, it's nowhere. And it's purely because of people like Moolah. Who set it back so far that, you know, Vince had or someone had to put a championship on someone like Sable to make it worthwhile. I mean, he could have put it on Sonny. He chose not to. Probably the right call. But he would. Because Sonny weren't a wrestler either. Sonny, Sonny, but she did love the business. She she loved wrestling. But you know, Sable was was an attraction. She did. I'm not sure she drew pay-per-view numbers, but she drew some fans in. I think she probably she probably was um, a a fairly big draw because at this time you it was the Attitude Era, and you know I'm, this... I'm pretty sure she was given she was put in a position she didn't want to be in. Well, she says as well that on numerous occasions. So you've got Jacqueline here getting the chocolate titties out. She was propositioned, um, and she said, "Look." Uh, they, they, this is the only time apparently where you know they they scheduled. They said, right, this is the UK. In the newspapers on page three, you've got women with their tits out. So yeah. if we can get some full frontal, some some top nudity, excuse me, we can we can we can make them pop. They'll fucking love all that. They propositioned Jacqueline to do it, and she was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it," or whatever. She yeah. probably got a few extra quid in the pay packet or whatever. But Sable actually said that they were constantly asking her to do it, so they were constantly asking her to get her tits out all the time, and she kept saying no. And then you know Vince and that would call her a prima donna and stuff because all of this stuff come out. There was a lawsuit, yeah. and she was suing yeah. for like a hundred and something million dollars. Um, and basically all this stuff came out where saying, oh, wrestlers were, were punching holes in walls to try and watch her get changed. Um, they were trying to like, yeah, yeah, there was loads of crazy shit that was apparently happening. Um, you know, there were, there were constant comments about her and stuff. And, and let's be honest, and, and she complained about uh, Uncle uh, Jerry in commentary and other people saying when she held a microphone up to her mouth and stuff saying... Um, Oh, you know, um, she looks she looks comfortable holding that 
close to her face and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. the whole sexual innuendo and saying, oh, is she available? Is she, she or something about her life? Is she vertically available or something like this? And all this kind of stuff. So to a point, I do feel bad for Sable to yeah. the point where, you know, she did have this thrust upon her. She wasn't a wrestler. Um, but on the other hand, she could have quite easily just said, no, I don't want to do it. But she didn't. She wanted that fame. She wanted to be famous. Um, she wanted to be, she'd done the Playboy thing. And to be honest, the, she, the Playboy thing was massively pushed by WWE. It was all over their TV. Yeah. They were pimping it. I remember at the time it was all over, you know, Sable in fucking Playboy. Come on. Like they were pimping it hard. But um, yeah, I mean, she she just there's a there's a quote by again Jim Cornette and he says Sonny was uh Sonny was an upfront cunt but Sable was an undercover cunt she was snotty to all the girls in the locker room um you know with Sonny you knew what you were getting she was an upfront cunt she would just upfront just do things say things and just be out in the open about being a dick um, but Sable was an undercover cunt where she just did things behind the scenes, was always the politics and, you know, like I say, the whole thing where she didn't want to drop the title. At one point, she hand wrote a contract before an event saying, you know, she didn't want to lose the belt and she didn't want to do this and she would go in the ring, but she wouldn't wrestle and all this kind of shit. So it's like... Yes, I agree with you to a point. She did have it thrust on her, but then to the other point, she made she made a lot of her her own problems, and she was you know, and she left the WWE and settled out of court, and then she ended up going back. Do you remember? Yes, she did. She made more money, and uh, yeah, she fucking found, you know, found that another dream, husband. Bro. Yeah, right. Um, so it's not a scathing attack on Sable, um, but to be honest. She should never have had the belt on her at this at this time. But you know, if anyone should have had the belt, it should have been China at this point. But well, I think Jacqueline would, had it. Oh, Jack, yeah, you know, Jacqueline had it, and Sable ended up getting it off her. You know, um, and Jacqueline had been around in WCW and that, and she years yeah. before. You know, but um, yeah, it was it's one of them things, man. This match was basically just. It buried Mark Miro and it just was putting Sable over and it was an excuse basically just for chocolate titties. There we go. We'll move on because uh, it's our Intercontinental Championship match. It's Ken Shamrock who is the champion with the big boss man taking on the lethal weapon, you know, or the bounty hunter as he's now known, Steve Blackman. Um, they are chanting you fat bastard at boss man at ringside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blackman, really good in the ring, just you know, just a little bit short of charisma. He he didn't have a lot of charisma. Uh, he had more than Malenko, but he um... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw your I saw your little face drop when I dropped him. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's funny as well this this match because King says. Uh, they say saying, "Oh, don't you think that Shamrock is this and this?" And King goes, "Yeah, mate." He yeah. said, "He's fucking so funny." Um, yeah, I mean, th these are two guys that they should have had 
a, a, a longer, better feud. I think they did feud for a little bit, didn't they? But, you know, it was the two kind of MMA guys because UFC at the time was, yeah. you know, was fucking up there. Um, you know, it was um, it, it was an all right match, actually. I thought it was it was quite a good match. Uh, match felt a bit longer because there was a couple of rest holds, but yeah. Um, Bossman would then crack Blackman on the ankle with the nightstick, and then there'd be an ankle lock for the win. It's again, it, your matches wouldn't really pick up until the back end of the card, which is which is fine, you know. Like uh, it's um it is funny because um uh, Steve Blackman was quite ripped as well, don't you think? He was quite. Uh, very, muscular very. Uh, and I, I remember Steve Blackman when Chris Benoit died and done well he died you know when the Chris Benoit thing happened he was going on quite a lot of TV shows talking about the Ico Pro and um, he, I, I thought he, he must have been on the juice at this point because he looked fucking ripped to shreds pretty stacked um, yeah Michael Cole is with The Rock uh, he calls X-Pac the bony jabroni. Love that line. I've got that written down. It's like, hold the rock's apple. And he talks about X-Pac this bony jabroni. It was just, it was great. But Yeah, um, he, uh, he starts to run through other people's catchphrases. That's right. Which is very good. He, he did that on an American show afterwards, though. He did though. do it, yeah. He did do it on, um, on Raw, I think. Yeah, when he was... Yeah, well, later on when he so it's like he tried it out here and it got a huge pop. Yeah. And then they because this was a UK only pay per view, obviously they could do it then in America. And yeah. he yeah he's like um he goes I am the best there is the best there no that's not it you know and he's like to beat the man you got a bit no that's not it and he's like you know it, it's fuck it's so good it's really well done yeah um really I mean it's a really great um promo from The Rock, but as you can see from my t-shirt, when did The Rock not have great promos, you know? I'm wearing a, a Rock t-shirt for all our listeners. Really, if you want a Rock t-shirt, you should have him wear it with the one where he wears the uh, with the gold chain. You know, the one where he's like this really old picture where he's like leaning against something, he's got the fanny pack on. With a turtleneck and the fanny yeah. pack. Yeah, mate. <laughs> the one that um, uh, Kevin Hart, like, uh, he, he goes at Halloween and he knocks on The Rock's house and he's wearing the same stuff and he's leaving. He's like, what the, What are you wearing? He's like, I'm you. He's like, you know, classic little skit, man. Um, Great stuff. Next up is Jeff Jarrett with Deborah um, taking on Triple H, who's with China. Babyface Triple H always confuses me. It's always weird for me. I don't know why. I'm just so used to him being a heel. It is weird, yeah. Um, JR thinks there's some uh, hanky-panky going on between Jarrett and Deborah. That's right. He used the term hanky-panky. He did. Uh, this match is all right. It's good. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, they, they work well together, Jarrett and Triple H. Um, Jarrett, of course, will be gone to WCW by the end of 99 to become champion like eight times. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> oh, so it's funny, actually, because... Uh, talking about the match before this with Sable, um, didn't Sable turn up in WCW and she was sitting in the front row on Nitro, right, but they yeah, didn't call her... Yeah. yeah, they didn't call her Sable. 
They didn't say, they didn't even really refer to her or anything like that. I think Bischoff, he said something like, oh, you know, I've seen Playboy or something like that. And they just kept putting the camera on her and all this kind of shit. Well, I think it was Bischoff that didn't want to mention or get involved because they didn't want to be part of any lawsuit. So Yeah, correct. Because there was the lawsuit going on. That's right. Um, Deborah would get involved in this. She would try and dish up her goodies to Triple H. Um, <laughs> she's uh, in quite the uh, quite the short outfit here tonight. She, extremely short outfit. And, um, you know, Deborah, she was married to the man Mongo. One of the world's greatest, yeah, Mongo. Uh, but she, she was also married to Stone Cold Steve Austin at one point. That just shows to me that she she knows to pick the greatest wrestlers out there. <laughs> From Stone Cold to Mongo. Yeah. Um, Did her and Jarrett have a thing? Only Jarrett would know. I'm not sure whether that was anything or it was just a TV thing. Maybe. Yeah, but that's something I guess only Jarrett and Deborah would know. Um, China hits uh, Jarrett with a chair and we've got a pedigree and we're out of here again not very long matches but uh, it's funny because uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's with Michael Cole next and Austin's in a bad mood and just clears him out I I, I was saying he seems so tired and like I mean, at this point, he was still suffering real bad with injuries. Um, I mean, he, he he was coming up to the end of his career, bro. He was... I mean, we we only covered how many weeks back? Um, yeah, the rest of May 19. His last, his last in-ring appearance. Um, I, I, is Stone Cold Steve Austin... One of the only wrestlers, really, that has said, I'm retiring, and then just fucking retired and never come back. Um, I would have, yeah, guess so. He, he hasn't really, he never really done anything after that, though, did he? I mean, he's dropped a few standards and stuff, and, you know, why not? Yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, at, at this point, he was he was beaten up, man. He was he was he was tired. His body was broken. But then when you watch him in the match later on, you wouldn't think that because this right. motherfucker was he was bumping like an absolute champion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this promo was just like fucking yeah. This is it. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of him. Stone Cold's gonna do what he's here. gonna do, and that's it. So get the fuck out of here, you little prick. It was literally that, wasn't it? It was like. <laughs> Now get the fuck out of my face, you prick. Fuck off. I'm laughing because what's next? D'Lo is out and about in London. Amazing. Um, he's uh, he's at the palace. He's trying to get in. He said, oh, that's my old office up there. He was a yeah. European champion, of course. Yeah, he gets us to look at the, uh, the Thames River. The Thames, yeah. <laughs> the Thames River, and he's like, no, no, someone's telling him, no, it's the Thames, mate. He's like, ah, he's for these tourists. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, and he gets picked up in like this, I mean, this is 1998. He gets picked up in like an, a Ford Escort estate or something, right? Oh, it's clapped out, isn't it? It's proper clapped out, and the geezer, the geezer who pulls up in the car, he like goes, what's this, man? And he goes, 
Mark Henry took the limo, mate. He's like, <laughs> he goes, that's Mark Henry's fault, mate. He, he, he took the limo. He said you'd be all right in this. He goes, you know, and it's literally some clapped out banger. It's like a, yeah. you know, like a Ford Escort estate or something. Incredible pro, incredible vignette though, isn't it? It's uh, really good. He gets recognised in the streets. Someone goes, yeah, D'Lo Brown, former yeah. European champion. He goes, see, this guy knows, you know. It's um, but Delo's he, he he loves um, he loves football. He's a huge Liverpool fan, massive. Well, Someone's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, but yeah, he's um, he's a huge Liverpool fan. On Twitter, he's always going on about the football. Um, and he loves Liverpool. Yeah. Um, tag team titles are on the line. It's the New Age Outlaws who are your champions against Mark Henry and Delo. Delo's made it back from the Thames just in time. From the Thames. The outlaws are over as fuck, man. There's no way to like. And I have a question. Yo. Are the New Age Outlaws given enough credit for carrying the tag team division in wrestling in general in 1998? Because when you look at it, tag team wrestling in 98 is pretty poor. It at was, point, I mean... At one point, I think Rick Steiner and Judy Bagwell might be ch- tag team champions. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That's correct. Um, there was no real team champions in WCW. It was always the Giant and someone, or Sting and the Giant. Sting like, and someone, team. yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, um, um, I mean, but that's yeah. a shame um, against people like Harlem Heat, you know, and... Um, well, he had split by this point as well. Oh, of course they had, yeah, because Booker was going on his thing for the title, weren't he? Yes, um, turned heel. You know, the Steiners had split. You know, the Nasty Boys had finally gone. Public Enemy were nowhere to be seen. Not that I'm adding them to the equation, but no, but I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's um, no, I, I don't think they do get enough credit because they they made tag team wrestling cool again. Yeah, they, you know, you can't. You can't talk about tag team wrestling without talking about the New Age Outlaws. You can't. And, you 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 know, I still believe to this day that there's no one that's been more over in their whole gimmick since then, since Enzo and Big Cass as well. well this is where I was going to go with it. And, like, would, would Enzo and Cass have been, you know, the Outlaws redefined? A hundred percent. It was... There was... There were whole buildings. There were whole buildings doing the shtick, bro. Yeah. Like the New Age Outlaws, everyone who watched wrestling at that time knew the whole, oh, you didn't know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, everyone knew that fucking shtick. And Enzo and Big Cass, everyone knew the shtick. And you had whole buildings. It weren't just pockets of fans. It was literally whole buildings doing the shtick bro you know my name is Enzo Amore you know that everyone knew the shtick and they waited for it and they fucking loved it and they were screaming at the top of their lungs like the new age outlaws this is why I mean the British crowd they never really got to do this as well apart from when they're watching Raw or when they're watching a pay-per-view so to have the new age outlaws in London fucking doing the, the, the thing it was you know even they said in the ring, 
they when they were halfway through the stick just before Mr. Ass got the thing, they said, right, that was loud. You know, that was loud, but yeah. let's make it louder. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. That suck it absolutely shook the building, bro. Yeah. It shook the building. It really? was it was a thing of beauty. If you were there, it would have been hairs standing up on your on your neck kind of shit, man. And to be imagine being those guys, bro. Imagine being there standing in the ring. I think yeah. even Mr. Arse, it kind of overwhelmed him a little bit when he got handed the mic because it was so loud. It was literally like, oh man, he was like, the tag team champions of the world. When that, it was like, fuck it out. The whole place was shaking. It was, oh, I loved it, mate. Loved every second of it. Um, it's a decent match. It's nothing special. It's nothing, it's not long. There is a, Sorry, excuse me. There's a, you know, a few couple of rest holds. You know, there's a bear hug spot with Henry because Henry's a big guy. Um, I mean, I love Dilo's, Dilo. Yeah, Dilo's, Dilo's helping him. And... Oh, he's great. I don't think Dilo gets enough credit for being a great heel either. No. I really, I I think he was very very good, very charismatic. Um, knew what he was doing in the ring. Even he was shouting stuff to Mark Henry. So he had him in the bear hug and he's saying, shake him, shake him, Mark, shake him. And he's like, you know, yeah, he's like fucking ragdolling him around. And even JR says, he said, that is a, a six foot three, 200 and whatever pound man that Mark Henry is just literally ragdolling around like it's nothing, you know? So D'Lo knew about the psychology of the business, how to make things look good, what to do, because Mark Henry was green at this point uh, still, you know, and, and green isn't like someone said, I think it Cornette again, he said green isn't a time period. It's a state of mind. You can be a wrestler for fucking 20 years and still be green as baby shit, you know? So um, it's uh, it's one of them things where he's he still at this point, he was a bit green, but D'Lo was still... And they were a good tag team, don't you think, Mark Henry and D'Lo? I like, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. watching them. I mean, funnier still that uh, Mark Henry was chasing a date with China during this time. Oh, it was beautiful, oh, though, yeah. weren't it? What an man. incredible segment that was. Uh, Henry, you know, taking China on a date, busting a move on the dance floor, even, you know, him and China laying out a couple of idiots in the bar. You know, really good stuff. And, like, I know this is, you know, this isn't the always the done thing, but there's someone that needs a lot of credit with this stuff. And people don't like to give him credit. And you know where I'm going with this, don't you? I do. Uh, Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah. Russo wrote some really good stuff in 98, and there's no getting away from it. Yeah, people yeah, don't like to good. give... Yeah, they don't like to give Russo credit on anything, you know. No. Um, least of all, Jim Cornette don't like giving uh, Vince Russo no credit for this shit, but, know. you know, he he did... You know, he did come up with some great angles. He came up with some good writing. You know, it was it was good. You know, it was, and they probably they'd started overtaking WCW at this point. Uh, yeah, they they things had started to even out, and uh, WCW would get an odd win on you know in the weeks, and then they. Uh, I mean, we're actually only a month away from 
the night where WCW really dropped the ball anyway with the finger poke and telling the uh, telling the audience that Mick Foley was about to win the title and stuff. So, yeah, <clears throat> they, it ate itself, didn't it? it yeah, it, it, it started to um, eat itself. Uh, Billy Gunn hits Dino with a power driver for a win. Uh, a dodgy looking fucking power driver as well. A little bit off. Yeah. Almost like he sort of leaned to the side. Yeah. Yeah, just didn't look didn't look great. <laughs> um, there's a video on the corporate champion, The Rock, because that leads into our our next match, which is the uh, WWF title match. It is X Pac, who is our European champion, taking on The Rock, who is our WWF champion. Uh, Jim Ross mentions their ages, which is a common theme throughout the whole show, saying that this isn't the seniors tour, which is Correct. a clear nod to world championship wrestling. Um, this is what this is. I mean, hell of a good match. Really? I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the fact that you could hear a very English kid screaming at the rock and saying, Fuck off, Rock! I like <laughs> literally at this point. It was fucking brilliant. It was like so English because the Rock is obviously healing it up at this time. They tried to do the, you know, they did the corporate screw job. Do you remember of how the Rock got it? And it was like Vince was ringing the bell again, like the Montreal screw job. Um, the people screwed the people. If yeah. you remember all that yeah. shit. Um, you know, so The Rock was healing it up at this time, and it was so good just hearing this kid, Oi, fuck off, Rock. It was just so funny. Shout out to that kid. And probably you you may well be watching this at this time. And if you were that kid, fucking shout out to you, man, because it was beautiful. Uh, X-Puck always threw the most beautiful roundhouse kicks. Um, three of them and The Rock is down. He tries to, he's, you know, he says, that's it, I've had enough. Tries to walk out. But Triple H and China appear in the entranceway and they're stopping from leaving. Hexbuck <laughs> misses the Bronco Buster. What a weird move that is. It's so strange, isn't it? Um, so you, you've got China and uh, Triple H turning up, but like China's boobs as well. She had a lot of plastic surgery done around this time. Mm-hmm. Like, on the old jaw and the and the titties and that, but they look almost like cartoon like. They think she looks like almost like a cartoon character. Um, you know, it was weird. I mean, she would go on. I mean, because China's one of these people as well. Like, well, I've got a question for you. Well, Don't do you think that China should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I don't think um, uh, I don't for me I don't think there's really a, a sort of an argument as to why not I mean we all know why not um, we, do. we don't we, we do know why not she's she's not around to defend herself though on that yeah so I've got no reason I've got no other reasons as to why she shouldn't I mean, I mean the, I, the person that seemed to be kept away from the Hall of Fame is Benoit Sonny's in it you know yeah, it's, it's Sonny's, Sonny's in the um, Hall yeah. of Fame and she's doing porn now. Hell, like, I mean, Lars Sullivan's still on the show in WWE. He's still on the show? Yeah, he's still, yeah, on, and, still on SmackDown or whatever. Like, 
but it's all over the internet as well about Lars Sullivan having, first of all, like um, uh, shouting gay slurs or or tweeting gay slurs, but then secondly, actually doing gay porn. Yes. Um, You know, it's fucking insane. But I mean, there's no real, and I mean, this is another, it's a really interesting interview as well. Vince Russo and China. Great interview, really, really good. Um, I it, it, it's it's hard to listen to now because obviously she's not here. Give me two seconds. I've actually got to go and cough, and I don't want to cough on the mic. Keep the people talking. Tell them where they can I'll, find us. I'll, well, I'll I'll keep talking about China because uh, you know there is no real reason that she shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. China. She she was incredible. She had incredible runs. Uh, she was the first woman to win the Intercontinental Championship. She was, you know, she was a, a beast, you know, and the, we, we pretty much know why she wasn't inducted into the Hall of Fame or why she hasn't been, or there's a reason that has been used for why she hasn't been entered into the Hall Apology. of Fame. But I, that's a, but I don't think that's the reason. I don't think the fact that she did porn was the reason why she's not been put in there. I think it's a a thing to do with obviously Triple H and Steph and this kind of thing, you know. So, but when you listen to the Vince Russo interview with China, it talks all the way through that. It explains what happened with, you know, she was with Triple H and then Trip was, they did the angle with Stephanie and then he was traveling with her and them. And literally, yeah. you know, she got left in a fucking hotel or left in a building one day and then it all went tits up, you know. But I, I love China. I thought she was great. Um, the stuff she did with Eddie Guerrero was just. Oh, brilliant. Oh, you, you can't. Even the stuff she did with Jeff Jarrett, yeah, dude. The stuff was she just, did with Mark Henry. Yeah, the stuff, you know, the, I mean, China was great. She was absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I do think it is criminal that she's not in the Hall of Fame. I really do. It upsets me to a point that she's not. So. She should be. Let's she be should be. A 100%. But we'll move on. Um, good old-fashioned ball punch from Dwayne to, uh, to X-Pac. And this is where this is the bit we I, I mentioned briefly before we came on uh, the corporate elbow. It's pure class. Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't throw the elbow pad to the crowd. He just throws it really on X Park. On X Park, yeah. And then yeah. running towards him for the elbow, he's just so yeah. good. Just crushed. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, that was uh, it was one of the moments of the match for me. But this is where the Oh man, we were so close here. Uh, China low blow almost gives the you know the guy formerly known as the one two three kid the WWF title. Yep. And yep. Close. I mean, he gets he gets a nice two count, nice spinning heel kick. Yeah. Um, there's a ref bump. Um, there is. There's a ref bump, and then the king, he's, he's proper stooging it up. He's like, cover him, I'll count. Cover him, I'll count. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's fucking great, man. And then he's like, Mr. McMahon. Like, he's screaming, Mr. McMahon, come out, come yeah, out. It's great king stuff. Uh, Triple H lays out the rock with the European title belt. Um, 
and this is like again and they're really close to and this is where it gets a little bit funny like just not even it's not the good funny it's that sort of hokey shit that we spoke about yeah Rob just runs up to china and pushes her yeah <laughs> triple h hits him and that's the dq that's it we're done yeah and this it was a pretty crowd, pretty this, good this match this is the match where the crowd had the building shaking yeah i mean you've almost you've almost got on pay-per-view in the uk you know, X Park, one, two, three, kid, whatever, winning the world title. That's sound. Really good booking. It, it, it was good booking the way that, and because then it also served quite a few purposes, you know, because then you had, you know, the rock, the whole heat with the rock where he was going to be against Triple H, but now he's against someone that's seen as lesser than, yeah. than Triple H, but really put in a good performance, you know. Nearly won it. It also keeps Mr. Rock, McMahon's heat. This is it. Like rock bumps like crazy, and this is something that Triple H would end up doing himself because you know when he first became champion, he wasn't really you know perceived as championship you know material and all that stuff. And then he had that he had that match on SmackDown or something with Tucker Mishinoku, and he just bumped like fuck for him. Yeah, like, I love Tucker. Yeah, I love Taka Mishinoku, and it really did show like Triple H as you know a leader as such, and yeah, really good stuff. But I enjoyed this one. And uh, next up is our main event, and there's a lot to talk about in this main event. It's fucking, it is carnage. This whole, it was nuts. Much like uh, Over the Edge in 1998, we have a ring announcer, a timekeeper, a special referee, all of that stuff. Um, Shane is our ring announcer. He brings out our guest timekeeper for the night, Mr. Pat Patterson, you know, or, you know, the very first Intercontinental Champion, apparently, after winning that tournament in Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) I believe that uh, Pat Patterson beat Sunset Skip in the final. I'm not sure how true that is, but something I'd we'd have to consult. Yeah, we'd have to consult with Sunset Skip over that one. I think it was a a valiant effort from Skip. He'd already fought eight times that night. It was yeah, and 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 once with a couple of rats in the hotel as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting into that one. That was an unscheduled, unsanctioned match. That was. <laughs> that was a that was an unscheduled, unsanctioned comment. I did not. <laughs> um, our new special guest referee is Gerald Briscoe, not Bossman, as advertised. And what a treat we have! We have a guest commentator. Yep. Uncle Vince will be doing commentary much like the old days. And like and we- he all. He can't help but slip back into the calling the match like oh, hype man Vince mode. Yeah, he, he can't. Hey, yeah, exactly. You know, and he keeps calling like moves and shit. Like yeah. he, he can't help it. He just slips Love back it. into it. But um, we get a good few football chants here, though. We, we get the older uh, you yeah, fat bastard for uh, for. Um, Patterson, and we also get the referees a wanker. That's right. The Jerry Briscoe. 
it is just to hear that on a wrestling show just i mean i've heard it at independent british shows all the time um when you go and watch like your all-star or your your star slam wrestling or whatever you know what i mean you fucking you know yeah. and you sit you know the referee's being a heel and then you know people in the crowd the referee's a wanker but to hear it on like a wwf show it was great you know and you can tell that they, they're loving, they know that this heat, they, the crowd's wild. They're, they're just loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, Big Boss Man is our new, is now our enforcer. Vinnie Jones come, is back out. He shoves Big Boss Man out of the ring. At this point, Gerald Briscoe shows Vinnie Jones a red card. It's classic, isn't it? And the main event hasn't even started, and it's chaos. Um, it's absolutely crazy. This, they go, where, this is where our ICO Pro Award gets dished out. Yes, dude. We did. Do you know what? This makes me very, very happy because anyone who's listening or watching this right now, I can hand on heart say me and Jordan have not spoken about who we never speak every week about who we're picking for our ICO Pro Award winner. And the fact that we have both picked this gentleman at this point, is fucking, we are too good, dude. Sorry, I feel, George, I feel bad that I haven't looked up his name. I know he died recently, though. Uh, he died in 2015. Yeah. At the age, the tender age of 49. His name is Jim Dotson. Jim Dotson, that's it. Jim Dotson. Um, the, the, yeah. I, people call him the hat guy, the Kangol, yeah, had the, uh, the security guy. Type hat on, yeah. yeah. Um, he was head of security from WWF from... I mean, he knocked spots off Doug Dillinger, didn't he? Oh, dude, Dotson mm. was there, bro, in, in, from like him. 97 through to 2005 or something, maybe. Yeah. Um, Jim, Jim Dotson. is our, our iCopro Award winner for this show. Fucking A. Yeah, dude. He is jacked. He is absolutely... Properly jacked, he is. Yeah. He's about he to escorts... rip his shirt without without even using his hands. Hundred percent, man. I, I, do you know what? That makes me happier than it should do. The fact that we've both picked old Jim Dotson. But um, and if people don't know who Jim Dotson is, but you're a fan of wrestling, you will know who he is. But you might not know his name. But you've seen him. You know when when the Rock and Stone Cold were brawling in um in the crowd jim dotson's there holding back fucking fans yeah, hold, you know, he's holding he's, back like 80 fans with like two arms like do you know what i mean and the geezer went, went you know when they were brawling on the cars at the other event what was the other event where they had like the 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 cars and everything and they were they were fighting down the i think it was it might have been another wrestlemania or it might have been a, a survivor series or something where you had yeah. stone cold and the rock um you know, Jim Dotson was there for the, for this time, and he is our ICO Pro winner. Jeez, yeah, because he, he, he escorts Vinnie Jones out of there. Um, Vince explains that red cards could be something you see more of in the World Wrestling Federation. It's not. It's, it's not. Is he? Is he? Um, and after all that chaos, it's main event time, and it's uh, it's mankind against Kane, against The Undertaker with Paul Bearer, against Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Fuck, man, the pop for Austin. Goes off. Like, He's yeah, hot at this like, time. We've heard some great, crazy pops for people. But this London Arena crowd for Steve Austin is... I mean, 
I'm amazed he doesn't talk about his own pops more often, like the Road Warrior pops, because they were, you know, they were massive, but the Austin pop during, especially in 98 and 99, is just astronomical. Off the hook, man. Yeah. You know, it was, and you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously, the English, the fact that he had an ex-wife who was English, yeah. and he's got a daughter that actually, I think, lives here as well. But, um, you know, the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin is called Stone Cold Steve Austin it's, is yeah. because his wife, yeah, said, yeah, Steve, drink your tea, it'll be Stone Cold. And he's like, oh, that sounds kind of good. You know, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I'll take that. Thanks very much. You know, this pop was off the hook, mate. It was literally the building was was shaking. It was it was absolutely shaking to the rafters. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, in my classic Percy Pringle moment of the night, he hit uh, Paul Vera hits Steve Austin with his shoe. <laughs> oh, and he struts off. He he does it twice because he does it to mankind later on as well, and he struts. It's, <laughs> it's not Paul. It's proper Percy Pringle. That is. It's Percy Pringle. It was absolutely beautiful. Because at this time, Paul Bearer didn't really... He had, like, the ginger hair. Yeah, no... And he didn't no have the... Yeah, like, yeah, it was Percy Pringle. It was beautiful. The way he hits him with a shoe and then just, like, scuttles off with a little strut. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was beautiful. He's having Great fun stuff. this one. Uh, Gerald Briscoe is brilliant as a, as a shit referee. Good. Yeah, he hurt his knee going down for the first pin. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he's um, playing. And Vince, Vince is straight is, on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vince is brilliant on commentary as well. We've already said this, but I mean, beautiful. But the thing is, right? Like we 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 did another another show for another company, which was had all heel commentators, heel referees, and they did it for the whole fucking pay-per-view, yeah, and it yeah. sucked donkey balls. When you do it for one match, fucking great. You can go all in, you can chuck everything, including the kitchen sink at it, and it works. Especially when you've got, like you say, Gerald Briscoe, you've got Pat Patterson, you've got um, Vince McMahon, you've got the King there as well. James you know, as well. Yeah, boss man out there. You know, it's it's just um, it works. Um, it is a, it is a fatal four way. It's a brawl. It's all over the place. I always really love this sequence that comes up. Um, Austin goes for the stunner. Mankind pushes him off against the ropes, and like Austin would run into the Mandible Claw. I always really yeah. liked it. Always thought it was always done really smoothly and really like that's just brilliant. Like those those two work really well together. Yeah, it was good. And they worked a lot in 1998, like, against each other. I think they had, like, a two or three matches on pay-per-view as well. I mean, yeah. people forget people forget as well that Mick Foley really did step in when Austin was injured uh, and, and kind of take the reins, and, and they put him in a spot, you know, because Austin was hot. Really, really hot when he went out. And then there was a time from late 96, 97, 98, where Mankind, Mick Foley, you know, fucking Cactus Jack, 
uh, you know, dude love, whatever. You know, he really, he did help carry the company, man. People forget about Mick Foley in, in that regard because he's kind of overshadowed by The Rock and Austin. But really, I think at this time, from 97 to 99 at least, you've got to, you've got to say that Mankind was was really up there, dude, as well. Well, this, I really is, this, think is, so. where, this is where we, uh, you know, we, we sort of forget how how well done stuff was, especially in this era, because this Fatal 4-Way match, this main event, where everyone's super over, any one of these four could have been champion and no one would have batted an eyelid. Yeah. You know, we're, we're looking at wrestling now where there's, you know, in certain companies, there's one guy who could be champion, maybe another one. That's it. You know, you can't look really beyond Roman on SmackDown as champion at the moment. You know, he's probably going to defend against Kevin Owens and beat him. On Raw, Drew is a great champion, but who else is there to take it away from him? Randy Orton's already done it. Like, what's next? Nothing. Yeah. Things are, there's not that that level of, I'm trying to find the word, but it's like, there's so many guys here in 98 that could be champion and you wouldn't be bothered by it. It's true. I mean, it, it, you're right. I mean, there, there really was. There, I mean, even fucking, you know, people were even popping at the at the chance that X Park would would exactly. would have the the strap. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy. It's crazy. You know, with the the amount of talent that was really on this. You know, within within the year, Triple H would be world champion. Yeah, it's great stuff. But yeah, it's just. Again, we, we, yeah, we were spoiled and we <laughs> I mean, we appreciate it, but I'm not so sure that others do. You know, they, they think that the era they're in now is the golden era and it's not even close. No, man, we were spoiled, man. We really were. Yeah. Um, back into this match, it is excellent. You know, Gerald Briscoe finally gets nailed after one too many dodgy counts and slow counts and stuff. I mean, it's hilarious, but... One one time he's supposed to go down for a count and with Austin on, on going for the cover and he looks and then he turns and he goes over and leans over the rope and he goes to Pat. He's like, what? Yeah, what time is it? Is it you know, but it the the booze literally yeah. are like echoing round. The, the heat is just it's, steaming. It's yeah, real heat for Gerald Briscoe of all people. Um Austin would hit Kane with a stunner for a three count which would get counted by another referee I think I can remember that uh, Gerald yeah, Bristow right. does finally get a stunner um, Vinnie Jones makes his way back down uh, Bossman gets a stunner and and then Hebner starts laying in some shots on Bossman yeah it's weird it's, it's fucking it was so weird dude because Vinnie, Vinnie Jones gives Bossman the belly kick and yeah. then Boss Man goes down and then Austin gives him the stunner. Great and then, team, yeah, yeah, you've got Hebner, like, laying in some shots. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? He doesn't have any, like, merchandise on him. Leave him. <laughs> like, just let him be. I don't remember many Boss Man shirts being sold around that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why Hebner had to get his heat in here. Like, he... He, he, for some reason, joins in the beer drinking celebration with Vinnie Jones and Steve Austin. 
which was really enjoyable watching that. Vinnie Jones gets involved in it. You know, he's drinking the beer. Stone Cold goes back to the um, ring like two, three, four yeah. times, you know, because um, I think he can feel the hit, the, how much the crowd love him there, you know, and he yeah. just, he knows he's got to just, and, but, and to be fair, Stone Cold, his body was fucked at this point. He was absolutely knackered. But when you watch this match, dude, he's taking bumps on the entranceway. Yeah. As soon as the match starts, someone comes to meet him halfway up the entranceway, gives him a punch, and he's bumping on the fucking entranceway. He's bumping on the concrete outside. He's bumping inside the ring like a son bitch. Um, he, he, Austin, it, just the intensity that Stone Cold Steve Austin had... You know, he wasn't yeah. just a promo. He wasn't just a gimmick. Like, when he was in the ring, you could watch him and you're like, damn, you know, he's... He, he's Just the intensity was just uh, brilliant. Um, Jim Ross is in super hype mode at this point for Austin. But in reality, he was having a Bell's palsy attack. He's correct. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's really, he was, I mean, I've got his uh, his first book, like, uh, as, as an audio book, really great to listen to. Um, his, I think it was around this time that his mum had passed away. Correct. Uh, he, he found, I think he found out when he was in England yeah. that his mum passed away. He had, yeah. the, he had the Bell's palsy attack and he wouldn't be on telly again. Oh, sorry, I'll tell you. Look at me talking like, like we're at the London Arena. Uh, he right. on TV again until uh, the main event of WrestleMania 15, which would be around March, April time. So his 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 illness would take him right off the TV, right out of the game, um, which is you know really really sad for him because he's had an incredible night here with Jerry Lawler. And it was he, it was at the end of the yeah show. it was good. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah, because he he actually had the a Bell's palsy attack during the the pay per view. Yeah, during the show. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and because even on. at the end of this, is it's great when they're talking and and King's there and he's like, oh, you want Stone Cold to win this, didn't you? And then JR's like, well, yeah, I do, yeah, I do actually. And and then Vince goes, be careful, he goes, no, because he he says something, he goes, oh, do you want to kiss Mr. McMahon? Yes, Mr. McMahon, you want to kiss yeah, Mr. McMahon's that. ass? And then Vince is like, hey, be careful, huh? Like you know, it's that that little dynamic there was yeah. fucking great but Absolutely. yeah he was actually having a, an attack of Bell's palsy and like you say he would be out of it for a long time after this but yeah I mean and that's that's uh, that's Capital Carnage that's our show it's, right like I said it was a lot of fun I, I I recommend anyone go back and watch it just to see what this crowd's like because they it's, shake the yeah. arena it's probably why they had to they, knock it down yeah, the, the, that's probably why they had to knock it down. Yeah, because it was shaken, you know, shook to its core. But, um, you know, especially if you're English, watch it because you'll love the references. You know, at one point, um, King would say as well that, uh, that uh, what's her name, Marlena or whatever, uh, belongs in Soho. Yeah. You know, and only English people would get that. You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of English references I mean, in it. King's Cross as well, but... <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. King's... <laughs> that's right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great. But as an American, if you've never watched this pay-per-view, 
watch it because it was in a gold the golden era it was the crowd was red hot there's a lot of stars if, on the if, roster if only, just, if only just for the x-pac rock and the fatal four-way yeah yeah right it's and for really vinnie jones yeah and i mean let us know what you think of the new age outlaws as well let us know what you think of that tag team division in 1998 let us know if you think that we're wrong and that there are a better tag team out there I mean, I'm sure there probably was a better tag team out there in Japan, but let us know what you think about what what's going on in this landscape of, you know, what is essentially a hot time for wrestling in 98 with WWF, ECW, WCW. You know, the Outlaws are probably carrying that division. Yeah, they, they definitely right. were. They weren't just carrying it. They were doing yeah. keepy-uppies with it, mate. They get, were... Get at us with that. Let us know. Get at thought. us. Yeah. You know, we we really enjoy this. We've got one coming up for you next. It's another it's another capital show. Yeah, it's a capital combat with the. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just going to say it, it's it, with RoboCop. It is. It well, is got a lot capital capital combat ninety um, WCW. Uh, it's 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 a, a crazy event. Um, I do have the VHS to it. It was one of the, it was one of the first set of 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 the VHS that was released in the UK. But I will not be watching the VHS for the simple reason that Turner's probably cut a load of matches off it. So I'll be watching it on the fucking network because I don't want to miss out. Home Entertainment has a lot to answer for with Chris and. uh... Yeah. Still got a bee in my bonnet over that man. The fact that they've cut out so many matches over the years. They cut on, off on... out of a video. Shame on them. Yeah, man, hundred percent, man. You oh, know, and if was. it weren't for the network, people chat a lot of shit about WWE. But if it weren't for the network, we never would have seen Oz's debut. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's it. Thank you to anyone and everyone that's still watching, still listening. It, we know it can be a slog sometimes. Yeah. yeah break it up watch it in two or three parts you'll love it um yeah man if you know if you love it give us a comment give us a like give us a shout out you know hit us up with you know what you liked what you didn't like you know we're on instagram and twitter at chat graph with hops we're on facebook in the group it's just one long chat graph on cheap hops um or hit that subscribe button Touch our bells, man. Please. Touch it. It's free. Do it now. Don't do it later. You don't even need to get notifications. Just give us... Touch that bell. We are coming up to the 1,000 subscribers. Once we get that, we are going to do a giveaway, which isn't just, well, you know... I, I did I did promise a, a Twitter giveaway after 1,000 followers, and we did break it, so I've got a couple of bits lined up. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll chuck a couple of bits in as well. We've got some... Um, some six by four vintage 1998 stickers. I've, I might even, I'll tell you what, I might even chuck in here. This is, the, this is the stuff, you know, people need to get involved in because we got some weird and wonderful shit. So we've got some, a packet of WWF metal stickers. There we go. And also a packet of, Smack look at that, down. Smackdown stickers. Yeah. This is from the era, bro. This and is, these are still good fresh in the packet, mint. 
So yeah, I'll chuck them in as well. We've got loads of bits and bobs, and we, yeah, we uh, we're on like a thousand and ten subscribers or something now, bro. Oh, what on the on Twitter? On on, on Twitter, yeah. Um, on Twitter, I can look it up right now. We're at one thousand and thirty-eight. Oh, sweet, dude. So, um, and I think we made a mistake with um what we were gonna review because I think there was one other thing that we were gonna review, and it was a WrestleMania. Do you remember? WrestleMania. Yeah, because I found. Oh, we did talk about WrestleMania five. Yeah. Yeah. Did. But we're gonna we'll we do that after Capital Combat. So that's what I was gonna say. So we've got we've had Capital Carnage. We're gonna do Capital Combat, and then after that, we are gonna do in the lead up to Christmas. It's gonna be WrestleMania five. WrestleMania so, five. Really good one. You've you've got a, you've got a hell of a lot more content coming. You've had a hell of a lot of content off us already. When we hit episode twenty four, you know, our episodes are two hours long, pretty much every single one. You could sit for two whole days straight and listen to <laughs> Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I'm not sure if I even I'd recommend that. I don't know. You would probably just end up, you know, just sleep hating sable. And, um, you know, having nightmares. You'd be dreaming about bell. touching the bell. And you would be dreaming about touching the bell. Please do it. Give us those YouTube subscriptions. Um, we really want to, you know, like we're saying, we want to diversify the kind of content we're doing. It doesn't look like this um, lockdown or tier system that we're going into in this country as ever because myself and Jordan we wanted to do an episode where we're with each other in a house sitting on a sofa doing episodes like that but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do that so if we can get up to them thousand subscribers we can get maybe a little bit of ad revenue it's only five seconds here and there and then you can skip fucking skip ad um you know it might give us a little bit of revenue that can just cover our cost that we're paying ourselves now you know with the podcast and you know with all this kind of shit but i mean like i say we don't want your money we've got no patreon we don't know all we ask for is just to touch that bell before yeah mjf does not like patreon either i saw that he doesn't he doesn't old mjf here saw that on his review of another podcast he does not like Patreon. And he also um, doesn't like you, podcasters that haven't taken a bump. So we're, you know. We're good, man. We're good. We're ahead of Bro, it. Bro, I've thrown up numerous times <laughs> after getting out of a wrestling ring. So I'm good, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I, I could have been puke. You know what I'm saying? Many oh, times yeah. I've run out the side door after taking a few hefty bumps and thrown up my lunch. Take a bump. So please. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to go. We need to try this new move. Chris, get over here. <laughs> that's pretty much it, bro. But we loved nice. every second of it. So we're good in MJF's eyes. Hopefully we're good in your eyes. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And thank you, JB. I know you're not feeling too good at the minute, man. You're still kind right, of, man. you know. Um, but so thanks to you as well, bro. And me and JB are probably going to go to bed now. Um so yeah, that, that is it. This was WWF Capital Carnage, episode 25 of Chat Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast. And fuck, we're done. Thank Another you episode much, in the bag, baby. Stay safe. Take care. Bye.